You're listening to KXSF LP San Francisco. This is Pamela Bush, aka Pamela Louie. And I'm today interviewing Haley Garabato, who is one the co-founder of Feed the People, which is a uh, for lack of a better term project, the Haley and winemaker slash uh, uh, winemaker and wine professional, because uh, Christopher Renfro uh, started. And uh, so we have Haley here in studio with us uh, in the virtual studio that is uh, to discuss it because we're going to be doing a supper sessions live on Monday, July 25th with Feed the People. And we're extremely excited about it. It's going to be a South Park Cafe. And uh, Janelle Lynch, who is the host of South Park, uh, uh, excuse me, of Supper Sessions, is going to be hosting it as well. So let's let's just talk, before we get into talking about the actual event that we're doing together, I'd love to hear from you, Haley, um, before even talking about Feed the People. Can you tell everyone who's listening a little bit more about your background as a chef? Yeah, um, so I've been uh, cooking for about uh, seven years now. I started cooking in San Francisco. Um, It's kind of, I've always thought about cooking as a way for me to be able to travel. And so when I finally like started going to culinary school, I just realized that I discovered something that was more of a, a passion that I didn't know that was there. Um, so I started cooking at Hawker Fair in San Francisco, and that just really opened my mind to a lot of different like Southeast Asian um, cuisine and flavors and spices that I've never experienced before. And um, my background is I'm half Filipino, half American. So I already grew up with certain flavors, but then there's, uh, you know, cooking like Laotian food is just like, you know, with uh unfiltered fish sauce and all the spice and everything it was just what the I feel really started my career and then worked at Liho Liho for over two years and that's where I met Chris I traveled to Australia to work there and also Thailand and now I'm back in the Bay Area and just you know really love to cook for people and enjoy uh, time over a meal and I think that's how what really inspired a lot of Feed the People. So can you tell everybody what Feed the People is? So Feed the People Collective is a mutual aid collective that we started in July, 2020. And um, the way that, you know, uh, Chris and I like, so he has his uh, Pinot Noir grapes on Alamany Farm. Right, which which is is in San Francisco for those people who don't know. Yeah, Yeah, a public park in San Francisco, but it's also an urban farm. And we were talking in between the vines and how we really wanted to do something and, you know, uprisings and then COVID and just feeling like, I'm not gonna lie, feeling like a little burned by the industry that, you know, it was just kind of like, we felt left, like, and I know everyone felt that they were just left at their own expenses, but that there was no real outlets for us to be able to actually come together to be able to help each other. And a lot of the stuff was geared towards like spending money that we didn't have, you know, it's always like supporting the economy, but we don't have any money. So uh, I'm just like realizing all of these things that we 
thought about what can we actually do? And so we looked, I kind of just, you know, did a lot of like thinking about what was the skills that I had to provide to like actually do something. But I was like, I know how to cook. I love to cook. So I was like, I'm going to just cook free meals for people. And he's like, well, there's an outdoor kitchen here. Why don't we just do that? And so he made the Instagram. I didn't make the Instagram. I was like, is this it? He's like, yeah, our first pop-up is on Sunday. That's five days from now. I was like, okay, now I have to like plan a pop-up in five days. And I've never done a pop-up before, but it was actually uh, really, um, you know, it was really, I just had to do it. It was one of those things that's like you set a date and you just do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you did the first one in July, 2020. Yeah, it was uh, July 3rd. So it's uh, just past our two year birthday, two year anniversary birthday. Okay. Happy birthday slash anniversary. <laughs> when, when you did the first one, like how was it received by those who you're trying to, to serve? Sorry, say that again. When you did the first one in July of 2020, how was it received from the people, you know, who are live surrounding the farm who you, who you were making the food for? It was, uh, we had, we had a lot of people actually come to the farm too. Um, and I think a lot of people were surprised, honestly, um, and that we were like organizing and doing this, but I felt like a lot of people, a lot of my friends that came through also felt they wanted to do something and were just like tired of just everything happening and nothing, no, there was no like kind of solution to anything or even like thought of like trying to like you know change anything it was just kind of you know we're, we were all just fed up with it right so a bunch of my friends came and we just I told them I was like you know this is just the beginning of something that we can actually just provide you know services or like anything to our, our own community it doesn't have to be like a big thing that it doesn't have to be a big nonprofit to like help um, all, like the whole city. It's just like, we all live in like different pockets of like San Francisco or like Oakland or wherever that we can just like help out our own community. And so that was like, I saw the kitchen. I know how to cook. I know how to get all these ingredients. Like, you know, the civic center farmer's market is like mad cheap. It's, you know, it's so affordable to be able to feed like people, but sometimes like going to farmer's market isn't always accessible, especially if you don't have a car, if like some, and then like the, all the bus lines were can't like most of them are canceled. So it's like, you're trying to get healthy food and it takes an hour and a half to get there. It's like, it's, it's, it's more um, like convenient to like order food. It's like analyzing all of these things that, you know, yeah, there's COVID happening, but when you take bus systems away, you make things more inaccessible. There's a lot of things happening. Yeah. But, but so a lot of the people though, who you are, when you, when you're doing it now, and you mentioned earlier, you did about 120 plates yesterday. How would you say that at this point, it's mostly people who are coming to it as opposed to the people who live nearby, who you're providing a a meal with? It's mostly people that um, live next to the farm. Mm -hmm. So we just like, um, we just like, we, we just knock on people's doors and ask them if they want food. We, it, you know, um, I, I feel uh, sometimes I have a problem with like certain, uh, 
nonprofits in the way where, you know, I feel that um, they have to prove that there's a need in a way. And it's like, I don't, I don't feel like asking someone like, Hey, are you struggling enough to have this like free service? It's kind of like, you know, very, um, you know, having to like, having to express like you're struggling to like get something is like, I feel like people should just have it. That's, you know, there shouldn't be like this, like, you know, um, like a, like a camera in someone's face or like, you know, just having to like, you know, someone pouring out their story just so you can like get something. I feel like we should have these services like for people when they need it. Yeah. And, you know, they should be able to choose like whether the, to take it or not. You know, we should like having free healthcare. It's like, you're not going to ask, why do you need free healthcare? You should have it. Like, that's kind of like one of those. It's like, I see it in that way. Right. And that's, that's, a, that's an really interesting take too. Because I think so often when we think about like, giving away meals, there's this this sort of idea that that's about let's say soup kitchens and for people who don't have housing and and that is that is that is needed is not to say that isn't needed but also sometimes you you can't really see the need and as you said sometimes it's not just about the need especially when we were in the thrust of a really severe global pandemic where there was so much isolation it's also about just having that connection with other people and food is a great way to connect with other people yeah. And I think that a lot of the times when, you know, I've like worked in, uh, you know, like free meal kitchens and it's a lot of the times it's, you know, it's not the best quality of food. And we're like having people like we're serving food, free food to people that it's like not good for them. And so it's like show it, it that in itself for me is saying that they don't deserve better food. And that, that, that doesn't uh, go well with me at all because I feel like everyone should have really good food and that it should be taken care of. And it's like, it shouldn't be like almost rotting before to the point where it's like, that's why they get the free food. It's, they should, we should be able to have it like the best quality because, you know, California is an amazing agricultural state, but yet you're giving people rotting food because they feel, you feel, or people feel like they don't deserve better. Yeah. Well, that. that of course begs the question, what was on the menu yesterday? So yesterday, uh, so I had uh, one of my friends, uh, his, uh, his name's Frank Gamma. He's a chef in the city. Um, he made his vegan pozole. And what we did was like, he, we put uh, like sauteed shiitake mushrooms, we seared some tofu. Um, it was a lot of different types of chilies, hominy. Um, he has his own secret like spice mix that he put in there. Uh, and we cooked it down and served it with like some chopped cilantro in the bowl. And on the plate itself, we got some purple amaranth, which is like a little bit of sour, like a type of herb. Uh, onions, tomatoes, cabbage, a wedge of lime and a charred Jimmy Nardello pepper. And so that's essentially like the things that you put inside the soup. So it's like a little, like kind of like, it's not a salad. It's more of like, you know, sides that you put in there and you season it the way you want to. So it was like, it was really nice to, we've never done a soup before because it's more of like, um, like buying the containers itself. But we were, 
I, I really want people to come in and make something that is really special to them. And vegan pozole for him is something that he's been wanting to work on because he, uh, you know, he does like eat meat, but he's, he's really fascinated about like, you know, making this dish and he wants to make it, he always like tries to make it better each time. Oh, oh that sounds delicious. It was, yeah, right. it was yeah, it's honestly like the I think like you know sauteing the mushrooms and like you know putting uh uh like all the spices and everything. It was like it tasted like I was like looking at I was like is there like chicken in here? So it was really good. Yeah. Oh. So and you do all the cooking right there at the farm. Yeah, at the farm. So there's like a outdoor kitchen. It's like two park grills and a two burner stove, and we just we do all the food there. Yeah, usually, so how like usually the day works is that, or like the day looks like is I get up, sometimes I'll go to the mar farmer's market at 7 a.m. and I'll get all the vegetables and all like the stuff for the salad that day at the farm. And then uh, we go to the farm and sometimes we'll make like another stop if I'm like, you know, I have like ordered protein or, you know, I have to like pick it up from somewhere. Um, so we go to the farm. And we have like usually 10 to 15 volunteers and we just prep everything just like there. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a lot sometimes because it's, you know, it's like catering for a hundred people in a way, or it's like, yeah, it's like large quantities of food. Yeah, yeah it is. That's pretty amazing. So, yeah. the, so what do you plan on expanding this? Like trying to do it more often or do it in other locations? Um, I think, I think I, um, uh, I don't really plan on, uh, expanding it, you know, any more, uh, than what it is now. And the reason why is that, you know, I'm, it's more like, I don't really have the capacity to do it, but also I really want to encourage other people to start their own mutually collective and that, uh, you know, cause I, I live in Bernal, I live right over the hill from, uh, Alamany farm and, you know, I'm like, grew up in San Francisco. So to me, like this, this makes sense. But for me to go to Oakland and do that, it's and like start something, it doesn't make sense, because I'm not from Oakland, I don't live there. Uh, I'm always down to help someone if they're like, you wanted to start it in Oakland or like, or anywhere. Um, but it's more of like, I think anyone has the capacity, like anyone has the ability to do it. And that we should all be able to start something in our own community. If every person like did one thing a month for their community, there's a, I think a lot of things would change. Yeah. I, that's, I think we don't realize that how much we have the ability you know, to impact the world around us. And it sometimes with just so many things that seem so out of our control, it, it can seem like a really futile effort, but it's like all these little dents make a difference. Yeah, and I think that a lot of, uh, with everything going on, it's like, it feels like it's one crisis after another. I think that we're kind of stuck in this loop of like, what should I do? I can't do this because I'm not good enough. And this is something that I struggle with a lot where I feel like I'm not as good as like other people or like, I'm not as like trained, I'm not as experienced, but 
one thing that really did help me was th- I thought about the things that I was I was good at. And you know, cooking is one of them, you know, trying to bring people together is one of them, you know, being like having like these, you know, passionate talks about like things that we want to change. So I, I took those and then that's how few the people is what it is today. And so I think, and it wasn't just me that did it. It wasn't just Chris. It was all the people that would come through each time that, you know, would help us, you know, like my friend Sophie was like, I have a car. I'm going to help you go to the farmer's market. Cause I didn't have a car. You know, it's like, that was a huge thing. People that like have these have resources that are able to like help out. That's like, that is our all part of it. That's why I call it a collective because it's not just me doing everything. It's everyone like being a part of it. And that is like, we're all feed the people. And it's like, and that's something that I want to stress too, that that's why I've always called it a collective because at some point I don't want it to just be me cooking like the food. I want other chefs to be in it. I want other people to, that aren't chefs to be able to create a food that's, you know, or create a dish that's really important to them. That means a lot to them. That's like, you know, was like, I like a lot of the memories that I have about cooking is like through, through my friends. And that's why I cook those dishes. Like I make a lot of like Burmese food. Cause like my homie, like Otra, like, you know, he did a pop-up with us too. You know, he was, uh, you know, like such an like amazing friend to me. Like when I met him, that's why I like to cook Burmese food. You know, it's like all of these like different types of food I like to cook is because of the people I care about. And so I think that uh, that's what I think I don't talk about enough about few the people. And that's why I want to like, with like these like pop-ups coming up, this is kind of like this next year, I want to focus on like trying to inspire other people. Like this is just a model that anyone can use. Right. Yeah. Well, maybe at, at some point you'll put a cookbook together with all the recipes from everyone who's made stuff. Like that vegan pasola you made, like I'd make that. That sounds great. Yeah, it's like, uh, I was talking to my friend about this yesterday that like, I personally ne- like have my own recipes. I don't like to write them because it feels like a little permanent. But I think that like, that's just my own thing because I like to cook like very like freely. But I think that is uh, also like something I've been wanting to work on is like having like a few of the people like cookbook of things that like people can make at home. That's, you know, they can find like some of the ingredients you can just find anywhere and like there's a, uh, you know, Manila market that's down the street from uh, Alamany Farm is where I get most of my stuff too. So it's like, the market's right there. You can make any of the stuff that I make. Yeah. So, okay, you you grew up in San Francisco and have you, you know, in, in the time since you've been were younger and became aware of your interest in cooking and became interested in food, how have you noticed the food scene in San Francisco changed? Oh, I feel like it's so different that um, I think it's when I started cooking was um, I think it was 2015. Uh, there was like all these great restaurants that we love, like open that year, I feel. And it was uh, I think what's happening now is that it's I think they're changing in a really good way too and especially like you know Oakland like all these places that like you know all these like restaurants that are opening is I think is a little bit more true to like people's nature 
and that, you know, what they want, what they really want to cook. It's not like people like are opening up restaurants that they think that they can sell. And I, I know there's like a lot of friends that like became chefs to these like restaurants that, you know, really care about community that really care about the food and just like wanting to also change like the industry. And I think that's like what's changing about the, um, the food scene now that they're trying to, you know, make it like make everyone be able to be a part of it, you know, like having higher wages, you know, trying to change like work culture. And like, that's like this, what's slowly happening now. Yeah. That's great. Well, so let's talk because we don't have a whole lot of time left, but I really, I want to talk about the dinner that we're doing together. So for those of you who are just tuning in, this is uh, Pamela Bush. You're listening to X- KXSF LP San Francisco. This is Fifth Wave Radio slash Queerly Drinking. My guest is Haley Garabato, who is a co-founder of the Feed the People Collective, which is based out of the Alamany Farm here in San Francisco. And we are going to be doing a uh, dinner together, we being KXSF, with, uh, and specifically Supper Sessions, Janelle Lynch's show, with uh, the Feed the People Collective on Monday, July 25th at South Park Cafe. And for, so we're, we, we've only done this once before. So we have, we, we have and that and it went really well. So you know, we have a pretty good idea of like how this is going to go. Uh, for us, it's, you know, this is, as I said, it's something that we're doing together uh, and we're, you know, we're very excited about supporting the Feed the People Collective. It's definitely, I know as far as Janelle is concerned and what Janelle does on her show and then what I do on my show and, and I think for the station is very much in line, with, in line with our values of community and sharing and, and relishing the things that make San Francisco so special, one of them being food. So that's something, so doing this is something that we're, we're really excited to be collaborating with you on. But you're going to be doing this dinner, and it's a four-course dinner. It's I I think with like uh, it's $130 before without wine, and wine is on top of it. I need need to double check. But compared to if you were to go and have a four-course dinner, let's say with wine at some of the restaurants that people talk about in the city, it's it's actually a very good deal. I think it, it ends up being about $180, including gratuity and tax. Yeah. It, there are, yes, you can find other places that do that, but again, the places that people are like talk about all the time, or, you know, it's, it often is way over $200 and that's going to, it's going to a, not a cause such as what you're doing. And granted, small businesses are, are noble, are noble efforts and definitely worth supporting. I'm not saying people shouldn't support them, but here you're doing something that, that is, do, that is going to be different from the Feed the People Collective. When you're giving away food, this is something where we actually are charging for because we're trying to raise money for feed the, feed the People. So what is your message to our listeners who are thinking about coming, like whether or not they want to, want to come to this dinner? Yeah, I think um, one thing that um, I think set, sets us apart from like, you know, going to a restaurant dinner is that um, the what we're trying to do like in the community is that we're trying to be, we're trying to give back locally and stay local and how we're doing that. We're trying to be able to teach people other, like how to cook meals at home, or we're trying to get people to come to farm and uh, like cook with us. 
but it's also like the like the people that uh working with and like working with myself and I think a lot of the inspiration behind why like the driving force about keep to keep doing feed the people too is that I feel like I didn't have a lot of opportunity um in certain times in kitchens and to be able to move up and to do pop-ups or to like lead a kitchen really and this was the feed the people was my first pop-up ever and then I started doing more pop-ups and I started to you know push myself to be able to to do these things and I think that that's why I tell everyone that anyone can do it because I was not in a position that I've ever been a sous chef or had ever led a kitchen in that way or like owned a restaurant or any of these things and that um what people are when they're coming to this dinner they're uh it's like the part of the growth of like the community and like myself too and so I think that is really special that um we're going to be talking about why we're why we're doing feed the people what we want to do in the future how we want to see the industry change and also to be able to you know have like the food for me is very special too because it's a lot of it is from uh all of these are like recipes of mine that I've created and that mean a lot to me and that I put a lot of effort into like making good quality food that people feel uh you know not just like uh satisfied like full but also to feel that they're eating like you know a sense of love and like effort that I put into it wow well so I you gave me a preview of the menu not uh or at least it's not finalized but at least the direction you're thinking of and I I feel like I don't want to be spoil it for those who are coming and you know sometimes the you know, the excitement of, of going to a dinner like this is not necessarily knowing what you're going to get. Uh, for those people who are, who might have some dietary restrictions, if you're interested in coming, you just, we're just asking everybody to let us know a week before, which would be next Monday. And again, I will send, uh, I will announce what the, the link to get tickets, uh, what that is. But I just want to ask you this much, or like as far as the menu goes, and it sounds to me like some of the dishes that you're thinking about doing are also, they're, they're not the, what, I won't say they're highly, they're esoteric because they're not, but they're very much grounded, I think, in sort of the, the various like ethnic flavors of San Francisco. Um, and it sounds to me as if there, while there are Southeast Asian influences and Filipino influences like they're not necessarily exclusively like you would say well this is a like Filipino dish or uh and I think that's that's when when I first moved here we used to always talk about fusion food that was like the big thing was fusion but fusion at the time was like okay it was basically a combination sort of like a California version of Asian food and that usually meant Chinese or Japanese and what's kind of cool to see now is that there are so many different types of fusions that are happening in the city and not just with Southeast Asian or Asian cuisines too. But just getting back to uh, the, the menu, would you say that anything that you're, that you're serving is, let's say, what you might consider one of your signature dishes? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it is. There's like a lot of dishes there that um, 
are definitely mine that it's it's kind of funny to start realizing that like the dishes that I make that my friends are like I know you made that because it tastes like you made it and I'm just like I don't even know what that means but um yeah I think that you know I, I did like the you brought up the point about fusion because that's kind of like a lot of like the you know um uh, you know, I've seen like all these chefs being able to use like ingredients from Southeast Asia or like, you know, Japan, a lot of it's like Japanese like products that, you know, they're not considered fusion restaurants, but the minute someone is like, you know, of any ethnic background doing any other like food, it's automatically a uh, fusion. And that to me is like when people ask me like, are you going to open a fusion restaurant? I'm like, that doesn't make sense because I am fusion. Like I'm half Filipino, half American. That's like, that's automatically what I'm going to make. And to like, it's like, to me, it's kind of like this forced idea when to me being mixed is natural. It's that's who I am. So that's a lot of, uh, when I make a lot of these dishes, like I honestly really started cooking Filipino food the last like couple of years, because I had this thing that like, I, felt like I was never Filipino enough to be able to cook Filipino food. And that's like my, you know, a lot of like mixed people like have this, like, you know, being stuck in the middle or like, or it's not even the in-between it's the outside too. It's like, you know, being like in these places or spaces that feel like you're not a, a part of the community. But the fact is we all belong to like these communities. We all belong to it because we are the, we, we are them. Like that's the thing. So I make a lot of Southeast Asian food because this is what like is like in my heart and this is what speaks to me. And this is where I feel like is my expression of love is. So a lot of the dishes are dishes that, you know, I've actually, I've taught myself how to make because I want to connect with that heritage. I want to connect with these places and these like ingredients because that's just who I am. And that's the part where being like, uh, being mixed race in America is longing for a longing for a history that was separated from you in a way. And so this is like my, you know, like way of like relearning all of these things. Yeah. Well, as I said, I think the menu sounds absolutely delicious for anyone who is interested in attending the dinner. It is going to be July, Monday, July 25th at, uh, at South Park Cafe in San Francisco. And the ticket link is, if you go to ticketstripe.com, that's ticketstripe, one word, dot com, backslash SS live hyphen FTPC. And that's where you can get tickets. And we will, I'll also mention again later in the broadcast, it is $130, uh, another $50 for wine. And the wines will be paired by Christopher Renfro who is the co-founder of the Feed the People Collective, as well as the 280 Project. And I'm assuming we'll probably have at least some of Chris's wines that uh, hopefully will, everyone will have a chance to try the one of the wines that Chris has made in San Francisco so far, but I don't want to commit him to that yet. Uh, but I've had a bunch of Chris's other wines and they're delicious. They're natural wines. Nothing's added, not even, even sulfur. So I think that the, the pairing is going to be really fun and, and really interesting. And for those people who don't drink, you can, there's an option to get a ticket without uh, wine. Uh, Haley, it's been so great talking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. I'm looking forward to the dinner in a couple of weeks 
And I'm also looking forward to hopefully the next Feed the People collective that you, you do with the community in August to um, coming out. And if you can maybe just tell everybody, do you know when that date that's going to be? Yeah, it's going to be August 7th. So we start uh, serving food around 1130 to 12, around there, whenever it's done, and usually ends around 2.30. Okay. So wants to come through, just DM Feed the People Collective, and then uh, we'll get you in to volunteer. Okay, well, great. Thank you so much. And yeah, I think what you're doing is great. God speak to you. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited about the fundraiser and to be working together. And then, you know, I, I really appreciate wanting to get to know us too. And that, you know, it's, we've like all like been working like a lot. And I think that, you know, I really appreciate um, everyone trying to, you know, like make this happen. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. And we'll, we'll see you then. Yeah. Thanks. We'll talk sure. soon. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye.